Welcome again. Uh, we have a new guest today in our Snedge.talent cast. Uh, we have Catherine. Uh, Catherine is the C founder CEO of Civility Partners, an HR consulting firm focused on helping organizations create respectful workplace cultures. Uh, her clients range from Fortune 500s to small business in a multitude of industries. Uh, Catherine is an HR thought leader and has appeared in such venues such as uh, USA Today, Bloomberg, CNN, NPR, and many other national news outlets as an expert. Catherine is also an award-winning speaker, author, and blogger. Uh, welcome, Catherine. Uh, great to have you in our Slendida talent cast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, interesting times these days. You know, I keep talking all the time in our podcast. Like, I can't probably uh, uh, say it enough that these are amazing times on how HR is getting transformed. And also, you know, these are the times where the HR is looking to add a positive work culture in their organizations. And, and also they have to make sure that the performance of the employees uh, remains strong. So how much is the influence of a strong culture on the performance management practices of the organizations, uh, what you have seen and how it impacts uh, each, each other? Yeah, I think they're definitely intertwined. In fact, often that is a major part of what we're doing when we're working with organizations on culture changes to adjust their performance management. I mean, truly in the big picture, performance management is about candid feedback that's going both ways, tying uh, people's goals to the organizational goals so that they're growing together. I mean, all of those nuggets you hear about when we're talking about employee engagement or positive culture, those are all the same exact nuggets that we're talking about with performance management. So they're, I mean, they're definitely very intertwined. And, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, sometimes uh, if you look at performance management, uh, let's say I would call it, I won't call it new normal. I think there's so many buzzwords now, post-pandemic, new normal. Is there anything going to change in terms of how performance managers approach? You know, any change in the process do you recommend? What do you forecast? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be, um, you know, definite. Well, let me think. It, you know, the, pan, the, the uh, paradigm has definitely been shifting already before COVID from the annual review into, you know, monthly formal one-on-ones and that type of thing. I think that one-on-one -on -one monthly is going to get even more so even weekly or maybe twice a week because because of the way we're operating now we almost need to touch base a lot more often so I, I do think those performance conversations will get more and more sort of informal as employees and managers are touching base a lot more often to, to check in with each other what do I need to be doing today what are you doing today you know what has to happen um, so I think that's one big change is that it will get more informal. Um, I also hope, and I was talking about this before COVID, but would like to see this even more so with COVID that, um, you know, emotions and vulnerability has to be part of the conversation now. Right. Um, it's always been that, you, you know, you don't get emotional at work, don't cry at work and that type of thing. And we're all vulnerable right now. We're all high stress. And I think it's going to take a long time for us all to get over our PTSD that we're going to have once this is over, oh, yes. you know? So um, I think just making more room for that vulnerability is going to be an important part of performance conversations as well. And I think that's all the talks about how important the uh, 
the culture has to be people friendly, right? And a lot mm -hmm. of companies, right, they kind of have, let's say the performance practice based on employee development, how they are focusing on making sure the employee uh, develop uh, in there in the company. There seems to be some kind of disconnect in achieving it. You know, it's like uh, there are some challenges in terms of how uh, 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 people, companies can link positive culture and the employment development. Uh, what's your take on it? Hmm. Yeah, I think it, it goes back to what I was just saying that, you know, employee development feels often very formal. What are your formal goals? Let's get those formal goals written out. And that's important. Certainly, we all we all need to have goals and, and achieve them. But there's more to a person than that. And there's more to growth than just setting tangible goals and achieving them. So I think if we turn our you know, employee development towards developing the whole person, thinking about their career along with the organizational goals, um, you know, so just thinking about performance management as a whole person process and not just the work part right. or the quantitative part. <laughs> and I think uh, probably the biggest challenges for uh, the HR department, right? Now they have to be engaging with the employees even more, and not just engage, doing the right communication, using the, choosing the right words, uh, not overdoing it. At the same thing, trusting your employee that they are doing the right thing. What are the certain best practices would you uh, suggest? Um, well, I, unfortunately, I think it has to do with just the manager's personality and probably the relationship before all of this. So, you know, I, I'm in the space of workplace bullying and addressing toxic cultures. And so if you have managers and supervisors who were toxic already or, or not that great, they don't even necessarily have to be toxic, but they're going to continue down that way. They're not all of a sudden become going to be some great manager or supervisor, I would assume. And so um, I think it has a lot to do with the relationship that managers and supervisors were building prior to all of this. Um, and so I don't know that you can change that now other than for HR leaders to give managers and supervisors more training on having you know, candid conversations, allowing people to be more vulnerable. So, um, you know, one thing I see in toxic work environments all the time consistently is that managers and supervisors were never trained on how to have good conversations about behavior and performance. Um, and so that, that in my mind is a risk factor for a toxic work environment is, is managers not being trained. So now would be a great time to start doing that and giving, giving managers and supervisors those tools on better performance conversations, because, um, you know, that, that's the only way the organization is going to survive if everybody's being teed up for success and managers and supervisors need to be trained to do that. Absolutely. So then probably comes to an important point that now, not just the managers need to be trained, I guess even the HR folks need to have, to get trained because now it's not something most HFI has gone through before, I guess. Yeah. So now that should be training for them too, right? Yes, we're all learning a lot. And so to not engage in training right now would be silly, you know, now, now more than ever. I know training often gets cut when we're worried about cash flow and revenue, right. but we're all on a major learning curve. So recognizing that, you know, training is 
super important right now. It should not be the thing that you're cutting. Awesome. I think uh, I think what you have said is basically some of the basic things what every company has to do, right? Whether it's you're a manager, you're HR, or you're a entry-level employee, or you're a director. I think they're all on the same board in terms of uh, how do they work with the employee? How do they treat the peers? How do they work with HR? I mean, it's, it's, I'm, I'm going in Zoom calls every day. And at the end of the day, it's like, okay, you know, uh, what next? I feel like I've done only 30, 40% of what I would do if I'm in a, a normal office when I go to office. And sometimes yeah. I feel that, hey, I'm a micromanaging my team because I'm not seeing them in front of me, right? So it yes. gets difficult. Yes, that is one risk that we run is start we start to micromanage because we want to know what everybody's doing. So there is that balance of trust. And, uh, and, and again, those relationships are important. I think whether or not an employee decides if their manager is micromanaging them or not has to do with the relationship that they have, you know. Awesome. Uh, thanks for joining us for the quick uh, take on uh, how on performance management and how the HR industry can react to post-pandemic. Catherine, it's great having you. Thanks for the time. Yeah, thank you.